Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and today we're going to finally get into the third part of our show, uh, discussing an overview of biblical covenants with uh, Senior Pastor David Snyder and uh, his executive and worship pastor, Brian Klein of 26.8, and we're going to focus on a covenant overview in today's show, um, especially as it relates to formation formation of who we are and who God intends us to be. Uh, So for those who love God and his Messiah, the very big question of the day is, how shall we as followers of God, believers in the Messiah, how shall we live our lives? How does this relate to to, uh, relationship with God and formation that we become the God imagers that he had intended us to be from from the very beginning? So as we jump into our show today, welcome back again. Glad to have you guys here. You're blasted to uh, shows with, and and so good to have you on the show. What do you what are you thinking? Just off the top of your heads today. Thanks for having us back again. It's great to be out here and uh, be able to do this with you. And it seems like we need to do about ten of these to really get done with the uh conversation that we've had going on but we'll we'll try just, to be we'll try to be yeah just move here just relocate <laughs> and i'll do as many shows oh, as you want to do yeah <laughs> no it is it's great to have you guys out here it's a blast yeah and, we'll uh, stay in put on yeah, thank yeah. you for having us <laughs> it's 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 um you know we do this we kind of get together once a year for for our audience you know we're in relationship with each other been in relationship for many years and uh and we, we try to get together once a year, and, and I just think, man, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. I wish we could do this you know, yeah. a lot more often. Yeah. But uh, with that being stated, it's great to have you guys back, and we got a great show. Uh, I just want our audience to be reminded this is a midrash. Please don't construe this as some type of doctrinal statement or theological treatise on the subject. We are simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as ourselves. And we reserve the right to change our minds on our ideas as we grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. So, uh, does that really mean we can say whatever we want with no accountability? Is that really what it's we can relent? Kind of we can that. relent later. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That can make well, the show know, really uh, interesting. No, actually, what I'm trying to say here is, is uh, our thinking so deep and intricate, it actually always <laughs> yeah. misunderstood to be doctrinal or theological oh. treaties on the subject. But, <laughs> but anyway, regardless, <laughs> it's a great show. And, uh, I, I know we have a great audience. And so, um, let's jump into this. We, we've talked about uh, what it means to be in covenant with God and how yeah. that uh, results in uh, a relationship mm-hmm. that's healthy and, and open and rewarding in every sense and, mm-hmm. and how all that went wrong with the fall and that that fall really came through a woman initially and, and Adam partook in that fall, of course, but it was initiated in and through a woman. And we saw last uh, in our last show that God promised to use a woman to bring about the redemption. The fall came through her. Redemption will come through her. Right, right. So that is just, I love that. And God is so, that's what I love about God. 
God is a genius. He, yeah, he, he is. is just brilliant, and you, yeah. you just can't really figure out his no. ways. It's it, but in the end, it's like man, that is the best plan yeah. ever. Yeah. Always is, you know. So really exciting to. He's a poet. That's for yes. sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's got and a chess yeah. master and That's a chess master. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, let's jump in now to covenant. We've already established that covenant really is. Um, the very basis, uh, the very conduit in which God reaches out to relate to us. Mm-hmm. And so based on that, we're going to see that God brings about the redemption of all things through covenant. Right. right? And so let's talk about the covenants, because there's there's plural covenants. There's right, exactly. There's a number of covenants. We're not going to look at every covenant, but we want to look at the big covenants, especially the universal covenants. And uh, let's talk about how we see pictures of that redemption unfolding, how that unfolds yeah. through, through the covenants, uh, because those covenants are the very ways that God reaches out to us. And so if we misunderstand the covenants, we'll misunderstand right. how to relate to him. Right. And so let's talk about that. And in fact, I want to throw this uh, to you, Pastor Dave. Why don't you just kind of uh, give us some ideas about that flow of covenant Great. revealing okay. the flow of redemption? Um, the, the, the background to the covenants obviously is Genesis one through three. We know how we got where we are through the fall of sin. But from that point forward, you see cycles of God reaching out to bless humanity, humanity rejecting it. We see that with, um, Cain and Abel. We see that then with the the development of, of, uh, civilization through the flood, then God judges the civilization. But what's fascinating is when he establishes a covenant with Noah, the essential premise of that is that he is going to secure humanity's existence. Humanity right. is not going to destroy itself in the end. The earth will be desolate, and then it's over. God, in that covenant, says to Noah and to all of us, I am going to save you. And he does so through the imagery of the ark, which we see developed in a variety of other passages. So we start out with covenants of God saying, I'm going to redeem humanity. I've, I've, I've set myself. And every time we see the rainbow, we know God is going yes. to save us and preserve us. So it's a covenant made with humanity. Then we move into... And, and I think that's powerful because oftentimes we cast it in the negative. God's destroying humanity. Right, well, right. Kind of, but really he's securing humanity exactly. through the destruction of unrepentant right. Right, exactly. humans that have become so, so self-absorbed that they're raping, pillaging, and murdering one another right. at a scale that had never been seen before in all of creation. Right. And so, so really, it's, I, I love that. I, I never really thought in those terms. Noah and the flood is all about God's the preservation. Cure, yeah, yeah absolutely. Powerful. That's great. Yep. So from that point forward, obviously, humanity falls again. The Tower of Babel, the, the concentration of civilization in one place to deify themselves, essentially. And God confuses the languages. And then at this point, we've got three cycles of blessing and three cycles of rejecting that blessing. Right. So the question at the end of Genesis chapter 11 is, how is God going to save the world? How, what's this actually going to look like? And yeah, so how is he, he going to redeem what what is been lost. Exactly. So on the scene comes Abram. Yeah. Now, before you go there, I just, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Before you go there, I just want to say that in chapter 11, you deal with the Babel event, right? Right. Exactly. Chapter 12 Mm -hmm. is God's answer. But notice that Babel is again, the rejection of the original covenant. 
Right. Because God has to tell them, go multiply and fill the earth. That's what he tells Noah. Exactly. And instead of doing what they're supposed to do, they're again deifying themselves. Right. Right. Exactly. All over again. Right. So exactly so, what Eve did. So God says, "Well, now, now I got to fix that again." You're just, you know, it's over humanity out of control, over right? Over. Exactly. Choosing the path of the serpent versus the path of God, and so right. God says, "Okay, here's my plan. I'm going to divorce all the nations. I'm, 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 yep. I'm going to take humanity, and I'm going to I'm going to f- scatter you by right. force." Right. Exactly. And then I'm going to take. One going to choose one. Right. And that's going to run with it. Which so. which really, before we do get into a- Abram specifically, we have to recognize that the development of civilization is paralleled with the development of religion. And the ziggurat that was built in Genesis 11 was specifically a worship monument, a at the top of it, a temple, a place where God himself would dwell, if you will. So it is an indictment against all human originated religion. Yes. Mm-hmm. And as a, uh, a God says, no, that's not the way you're going to return to me. Abram comes on the scene and God in a moment declares unconditionally that he is going to bless humanity, which brings us back obviously to the motif all the way through the first 11 chapters of Genesis of God wanting to bless over and yes. over again and humanity rejecting. And God says, no, in the person of Abraham, I'm going to display my unconditional commitment to good, to redeem humanity and give them the good for which they were created. Right. And so God begins this drama in Abraham's life of establishing covenant with him so that out of that humanity would know redemption. And that covenant that God made with him indicates that God unconditionally blesses with grace, and Abraham trusts him, and so therefore grace and faith become the yes. mechanism by which God will save humanity, which is a return to the garden, really. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. He says, Abraham, your response is faith. I'm right. going to do it all. You just trust me. Right. Exactly. And, and really, that's the healing and reestablishment of relationship that they had in the garden of Eden, which is based on trust, trust, exactly. Trust. He's going to restore and redeem through rebuilding that trust. Yeah. So he says in Genesis 12, one through three, go forth from your country and from your relatives, from your father's house to the land, which I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth, all the goyim, all of humanity will be blessed. Mm-hmm. So this is where we come up in the prototype, the idea of to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Right. To Through one man and one woman, he makes a nation. Exactly. Through that nation, he sends the Mashiach. Through the Mashiach, he reaches out to the nation. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, good. So now talk a little bit more about what the what the covenant with Abraham kind of looked like as it comes into being, you know, Genesis 17, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the one thing that we have is the, the development of these three ideas uh, that God was going to make him a great nation, mm-hmm. give him a great name, and the nations would be blessed through them, and that they would have the, the land. And so Abraham immediately goes to Canaan, which it was called at the time, and there this narrative begins to unfold of can God actually bring a seed through Sarah? Right. Can God actually give them the land? Mm-hmm. Can God actually overcome the 
uh, assault of the the nations against God's people. Yeah, All these things. The Nephilim. Nephilim in the land, yeah, the giants, sure, exactly. all those obstacles. Exactly. Yeah. So by Genesis 15, we have this fascinating passage where Abraham parts the animals, God cuts a covenant with him, mm-hmm. and God alone, it's fascinating. You say parts God, the animals. You're, parts talking the about, animals. you're talking about a sacrifice. A- you're talking about sacrifice. Yeah, yep. some, of the, some of the natural uh, symbols of a covenant taking place, which exactly. required Blood. Blood. Yes. Required death. Blood. death. Requires yeah. death. Yeah. So the animals die, and God alone. And what happens to Abraham? What, what, I mean, what happens to Abraham? Is in, he that, just, in that moment? Yeah. Yeah. So, in other words, Abraham is he participating or he's, not? What? He's sleeping on the job. He man. fell asleep. He's sleeping <laughs> yeah. on the job. Yeah, he fell asleep. Yeah. A great darkness. It says terrifying darkness overcomes yeah, yeah. him, and God alone, in some sort of a flaming manifestation. Mm-hmm. Goes literally walks through the animals, declaring, "If I break my covenant, I will become like these animals." And since it's impossible for God to die, it's impossible for Him not to keep His covenant. Right. And He goes through, and of course, Abraham realizes God is going to keep this covenant. So it's the faithfulness of God that's being declared, independent of Abraham's faithfulness. Right. Right. Because he's then, sleeping on the job. Exactly. He's, on the job. Yeah. yeah. But he, I think that was, that was God's design anyway. To keep him out of it anyway. Exactly. In some ways, it's a unilateral covenant. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Exactly right. unilateral. And w- which is good news for us. Great news for us because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Genesis. And so, so now, so at what point, the at what point does Abraham finally come into a right relationship with God? Where is it that he finally is is stepping in and and enjoying a relationship? On God's terms. Genesis 15, Genesis verse 6. 15. Okay, so... It tells us that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Okay, so he believed God in relationship to what specifically? Was it a generic faith? I no. believe in God. No. Nope. What, nope. what was it? Specifically, it had to do with the fact that God was going to give, them a, give him and his wife, Sarai, a seed, and that seed would multiply to fill the earth, and all of the earth would be redeemed through that seed. And Abraham trusted that that, in fact, would be the case. He right. finally he finally got to the place where he saw the bigger picture and exactly. believed God, yeah. that what God right. said he could do, which was insurmountable for them. Right, right. It would have to be a supernatural intervention on right. God's part in a magnificent way, significant way. And he's saying, I, I believe you, I believe you, you're you're gonna do this. I I I I trust you who you right. are and what you say. And it's at that point that that his faith then is reckoned right. as righteousness. What does which that is, mean? Reckoned is, as righteousness. Or, well, I think the idea behind righteousness here is covenant faithfulness. That's actually what the idea right. is. Yeah. And so you see this guy, he never walked through the animals. It's God who's keeping that. And somehow through this exchange of trust, God's faithfulness is actually working in Abraham. So he is, he's actually one who's yes. keeping covenant with God and therefore in right relationship with him. Right, right. In right relationship. In right... We, we'd call that in righteousness. Right. Yeah. right living. Right. You know, the, to, to live righteously means to live right. Right. Which always is in reference to God's design and what he says is the right way to live. And so yeah. Abraham becomes righteous and counted as being part of this covenant relationship with God through right. faith. Yeah. 
Yeah, the transaction does something to Abraham standing before God so that it's not just that he's doing right things. Right. He is doing right things sometimes. Other times he's not doing right things. Shortly after this, he does a horrible, horrible mistake. Um, So it has nothing to do specifically with walking in a level of perfection that merits God's grace, but rather it has to do with a trust that creates a covenantal exchange by which God can be God and we can allow him to be a redeemer. And then out of that redemption, we're able to be returned to the very people and mission that he gave to us at right. the beginning. Right. right. So that so that response of of trust in God resulted in Abraham coming into right standing, right, right. relationship yeah. with God, even exactly. though he was still broken in so many ways. Exactly. It was his faith and trust that that said, There's my exchange right. of righteousness to you, Abraham. Now you're gonna learn to walk that out. Right. But that too is by grace. Yeah. And I'll empower you. I'll do right. this. So can I say this? Can we go this far as to say that Abraham was born again at Absolutely. this point? Absolutely. That, that Abraham becomes the believer at this point? The first there's believer. I mean, it's, the first yeah, believer. Okay. Totally. Yeah, there's a in, clear in contrast to here. Noah, was Noah not like the first believer? No, 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 Noah. Well, I- Abraham carried a, a level of significance in redemptive history that Noah did not. Right. Hebrews 11 tells us Noah had faith and thereby he had right standing with God. Right. However, he, he wasn't the prototype. He wasn't the prototype. Right, right, right. That's the difference. That's, that, that's great. And, and that's important. That's important. Yeah, because we believe, we do, we believe that you can't call uh, the Old Testament figures saints unless they are born again. Right, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and, and now that that's that's not quite widely accepted, of course, within Christianity, but nonetheless, uh, we would make the case that Abraham was born again. Absolutely. At that point, Abraham came into right standing through his trust in the faithfulness of God in his word, his promised right. word of, 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 of sending a seed that would do all that was promised to him earlier. Right. Yeah. Wow. Born again. And and we see Paul taking Abraham as the prototype for how one becomes right with God, be right. it a Jew or a non-Jew. Right. Right. So that in the covenant of Abraham, could we go f- so far as to say that we get a depiction and a picture of what it means to come into a proper relationship with God, you know, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely, So justification, justification being just or being treated just as if you never sinned, uh, um, that really is being typified in what we see in Genesis 15. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Justification of Abraham by faith in the covenant faithfulness of God. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing with, with the covenant of Abraham is it provides for us a biblical motif to understand that God is redeeming on his based on his unconditional grace. And that redemption is working itself out through a man, through a family, through a nation, a prototype nation, Israel. Yes. Mm-hmm. That prototype nation, of course, speaks to us of our own failings and our own aspirations right. and so on for all the other nations. So there's a, a cosmic as well as a gener- intergenerational sense of God revealing how he's going to save. But there's also a personalization of that. Yes. Because we know that Abraham was right with God prior to Genesis 17. Right. 
the covenant of circumcision that God established with Abraham in Genesis 17 didn't make him right with God. Paul tells us it was a seal of the righteousness that he'd already received. Right, right. It was it was a symbol to remind right, him, exactly. Hey, you were saved by grace through faith in my promises, mm-hmm. right? Not through the works of your flesh that you chose to use, and that's why I'm asking you to cut it off. Or even, or right. even more than that, that 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 particular piece of of humanity severed that the inheritance that we receive of salvation doesn't come by blood or ethnicity. Yeah. You know, we do show after show after show on, on Genesis 17. Oh, absolutely. It is so amazing. It is. Yeah. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. But, but let's just, let's, cause we're out of time. We're out of time. Let's just bring this. The to- problem with time is that we keep running out. <laughs> I know. Well, we should do it on Shabbat because on Shabbat we throw away our, our watches, right? It's just That's right. One, one endless show. Okay. There you go. Uh, so we're on Sunday, so we have time limits. Okay. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So let's sum it up. So, uh, we see in the Abrahamic covenant, a picture of justification, becoming just or right with God, entering into a proper relationship, which is not based on our works, but God's faithfulness. Our response is simply trust, just trust, put your trust in him, mm. open up your arms and say, God, I'm coming back. It's all about you. I screwed it all up. I thought it was about me, you know, and I trust that you will bring about redemption through your miraculous intervention through a seed that will change the whole world. And so that is the promise made to Abraham. That's how Abraham gets right with God. It's the paradigm of justification by faith and faith alone right, in right. the promises of God. So, wow, that, that is, that is great. So that, uh, that concludes our show uh, for this week. And I want to thank both of you gentlemen for uh, being on the show with me today. And a special thanks, of course, to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to you, our listeners and supporters, for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Uh, you guys have been faithful. You've driven this show for more than a decade. Uh, many of you have prayed. And, uh, you know, some give, uh, you know, $5. Uh, others have given thousands uh, both the big giver and the small giver it has made this show possible. And of course, all of your prayers, everyone praying together, even more important than the finances, of course. So thank you for your prayers and your financial giving. And know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We're a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Please subscribe now. Pray with us. Give financially. Share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard, in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 
or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.